Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The briefing room is for anyone who wants to understand the perspective of law enforcement. It's an opportunity for us to talk about what cops are doing out on the street from day to day, why cops do what they do, and also to discuss where cops go out of bounds. When we're out on patrol, when we go to a call, when we make a traffic stop, it's not always about enforcement. What we're doing with the briefing room is we're trying to educate the public. It's not about a lecture. It's, you probably didn't know this is why the police are doing this. And hopefully we can provide the answers to our listeners. The Briefing Room launches January 27th, wherever you get your podcasts. What are we doing? Voiced waterfall. Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. That's what happens when you beat Arsenal. You just don't know what you're doing. Look, well, Arsenal didn't know what they were doing. <laughs> that was the worst intro to a podcast ever. I apologise, ladies and gents. Episode six here. Sam, Bow and Neil, three very happy, I would say, United fans coming <laughs> off the back of Ten Hag's fourth win in a row. Lovely cough there for all the audience. Just get this podcast started off right. How are we doing? I mean, I know how you're doing, but how are you doing? Yeah, good. Great start to the week. Well, you, don't 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 be too enthusiastic, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Neil, how you doing down there? Your hair is equally as I'm, short as it was last week. I know it's yeah, hair grows very gradually, it seems. But no, I'm I'm I'm, I'm mate, I'm I'm absolutely stellar. Mate, yeah, but I, what what did you what, what was your feeling going into that game against Arsenal? Right, let's just let's dive straight into it. By the way, ladies and gents, we'll speak about the Arsenal game in detail. We'll speak about the protest before. Performance, Anthony, Rashford's goals, Ericsson's man of the match performance, Scott McTominay playing, I don't know, well, that's not Scott McTominay. Uh, we'll speak about Ten Hag uh, overall the last four games. We'll look ahead to Real Sociedad. It's going to be a good one. I think you'll enjoy this podcast. Josh, make sure you follow wherever you're listening to it. But yeah, that's what I was saying there. <coughs> what was your feeling going into the game? Because Arsenal were flying high, five out of five. I mean, they hadn't really played anybody that competitive, but their form was pretty damn good, Bow, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, Arsenal aside, I always try to look kind of at yourselves going into each game. And the thing that was concerning me, even though, yes, we had two clean sheets against Leicester and Southampton, was was the kind of the man of the performances, really, where we played a short spell of football in both games and kind of basically stopped playing. Southampton, I think, would probably... Lucky to get out there with the, with the three points, and Leicester we were more comfortable at one nil. But it was more I wanted to see United take control of that game, those games, and said the lesser teams put your foot on the ball, keep the ball for that ten fifteen minutes. And that was the thing that was kind of worrying me going into this game that you're playing a team who bang in form, as you said, won five out of five, and 
under Arteta, clearly a, a very good football football playing team, um, and he's he's got them to 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 the tune he wants now. Well, um, well until until Sunday. <laughs> but but I mean, by saying that, I, I think they played well. Um, yeah, they did. Um, <clears throat> I think there was that initial period of the first ten minutes where we played. We kind of had them pinned back. The ball just going side to side. Didn't recreate anything. And then they started getting a foothold on the ball. I thought Odegaard had a good game. And don't know why he took him why he took him off. Um, and then we obviously got the, the goal uh, towards the end of the first half. And then first 15 minutes of the second half, we basically we couldn't get the ball. Kept losing it. Kept making stupid passes into, into the middle. And I think their goal came from Varane's mistake. And then he was out of position. Um, and then that ball's come across, um, but it was, it was more is kind of good to see how we reacted after that. The tactical changes made by Ten Hag. Mate, I'll and tell then... you what, Arteta, I think he's done a lot of good at Arsenal. I really, really do, Neil. Um, they obviously came unstuck, but his game management there was really, really weird. They spoke about it after the game. Like he just threw everybody on, and all of a sudden they got hit on the counter attack. Like they didn't really need to do that. They were they were fine. They were they came out and controlled the start of the second half. But uh, United took the chances. I mean, it wasn't like an individual moments FC. Like they were three top quality team goals, all of them in their own right, outrageously good goals. Um, Ericsson making a difference. Bruno, oh man, Anthony, David. I mean, I, I don't know honestly. What would you what what would you choose as a standout thing about that game? Because there there are so many positives that you could take from it. What's what is the thing that stands out to you the most? Tempted to say an Anthony debut goal, but I'm going to go with the Rashford brace. To Ooh. be honest, I thought he was I thought he was fantastic. I really did. I mean, just sort of the directness, the pace. Seems he, he seems strong, didn't he? He has certainly bulked up. I, I thought I thought he had a great game. Well, not not for the whole game. I thought he was sort of largely absent for the first half. But do you, do you think Ronaldo coming on and a sort of Rashford maybe moving out to the to the left probably helped him? Is that something? That's his natural position. I don't think. I think he he lives. He should live on the left. I think that's where that's where he's been most effective. There were, previously, there were some murmurs of frustration from Stratford in where time Ramsdale had the ball and he didn't close him down. Pretty much, Bruno, Bruno almost overtook him to come and do the press. And then you kind of saw when Ronaldo came on that he was working off the ball and he played Ronaldo. I think the Ronaldo and Fred, Fred substitutions in particular changed the game in our favour. I, I, the Fred substitution, the, everything about that game, I'm like, that's, that's a lie. That's a complete lie. Because Arsenal, you're right. I think Arsenal, overall, across the 90 minutes, I think they probably played better football than, than we did. But, well, better to watch, maybe. But I, 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 think what it, I think what it is, is for me, it, stri- it strikes me as they're just a little bit further down the line than we are. Yeah, like they, I mean, they, they, I don't know. I just thought they were quite naive, to be I mean, honest. No, they were. They it, was, that's, it was poor game management from the players and yeah. from Arteta. We let we saw oh, I I you know you maybe saw it a little bit more closely, Bal. But I thought to an extent we were quite comfortable letting them play um, for for a lot. I thought Jesus was brilliant. Oh my God, we should have gone in for him. Yeah, Jesus he is too very very good. I'll give him credit there. Yeah. So yeah, I, I I just took I didn't see a huge amount of negatives. To be honest, I was coming back from a hospital at the time, so I missed the first half, which I kind of missed the, the first goal. But so when I got there, we were kind of really under the cosh for 15, 20 minutes. But then yeah, we just had that sort of that that that. Uh, Arsenal just got a glass jaw, mm-hmm. and I don't think, and we don't anymore. We 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 uh, we, we ship a goal. I think that's something that Ten Hag's got. We seem to have, we seem to be a lot more resilient, a lot more resolute. Whereas Arsenal look a bit like we were not that long ago. They just went. I think they bottled it, went to pieces a little bit. And he did make some weird, some weird substitutes. Yeah, substitution they threw on. That's what they got hit in the counter attack because they were playing with that aggressive high line, and it was mm. yeah, ultimately. I, I don't. <laughs> As I said, it's really, it's really fucking hard to choose your main positive. You can't not speak about Anthony. We'll speak about him in a bit. And Rashford's brace was great, but man, Christian Eriksen is just—he's on a different, he's on a different level. If if we had not managed to get Christian Eriksen on a free, losing out on Frankie De Jong this summer would have been a massive, massive problem for United this season. Softened the blow. It's massively softened the blow. It's it's, it's more than softened the blow, though. It's more like yeah, well, it saved us all that cash for one thing. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, look, you, you you can't. There's not a single United fan who could say, you know what, we're, we're missing Pogba or what Pogba brought to the team. So far, no, no. I'm not saying he's not a good good player. Um, obviously, he has his talents, but for where, the way we're shaped at the moment, I, I can't see a void left by him at the moment. No, he's injured again. He's out. He's, out, he's going for an op. Yeah, he's missing. apparently missing the World Cup. 
Mm. Uh, just, we'll just, just wait for the next interview from his brother, whatever that fucking weird <laughs> stuff is going on. But yeah, look, mate, mate, Christian Eriksen, I, I, every single time I do a predicted 11 for the game, I'm like, surely Christian Eriksen can't play 90 minutes. And every single game, he runs basically more than anybody. He covers more mm. ground. He's involved in everything. It's insane. And that run through, like the, the pass, that Ronaldo pressing, making a little bit of space, Ericsson spotting the gap, Bruno with the pass around the corner, and then just runs in and Rashford square and then squares to Rashford. That's so good from Ericsson. And that line-breaking pass to uh, Bruno as well for the first goal. Mm. Mate, it's just that those sorts of passes have been like a foreign language for United. Like, we, we, we don't know how to do those. We rarely see them. because Since, we, well, since Michael Carrick left. <laughs> yes, Carrick, it's been yeah. so long because okay. we play sideways football, horizontal football. We rarely do also, it's all, It has to an extent, it's liberated Bruno as well. You know, he was the one you have to close down to stop that sort what of pass. What do you think about Bruno the last few games? Really, uh, good. I think it's been very really good. good. Still a bit wasteful at times, but that's Bruno, right? Yeah, it's Bruno. But, but, but it's, yeah, it's the think... same as Kevin De Bruyne. Kevin De Bruyne loses the ball a shit ton of a, a, a shit ton of times. It's just that mm. well, he's been part of a great team. But then he'll pull off that pass that, that the Harlan got. Did you see that? Oh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's an outrage. Well, I can't wait to play. But I tell you what, it's, it's going to it's definitely going to be tasty that game against City. Depending on what happens in the next few games, <laughs> we've got Sociedad, then we've got Palace, and I think we've got Sharif, and then Leeds. Leeds I think. Yeah. <clears throat> well, City have dropped four points already. Like everyone's sort of saying it's almost unfair, the Haaland thing, on top of what's already there. But at, at this time last season, had they dropped four points? Uh don't know. I mean, I, 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 they're they're dropping two, you know, Villa, for example. I mean, they're not these are they're not coming up against really, really strong teams yet and being put. The, the, so, the mad thing is, we're two points behind City. Exactly. Like and we've lost horribly mm, twice. Horribly. Like that was that's that's Jesus. I mean I, I, I think they're those those seasons where they him and them and Liverpool got ninety plus points. I don't think we'll see that, especially with the World Cup. Um I mean, like I said, we're playing in seven weeks all six games of European football for obviously all the other all the other clubs involved as well. So there's there's a lot of football to be played before the end of October. Mate, there's there's nine games in October. I can't get my head around that. I don't know how that's going to be possible. Like the squad rotation, and that's the big thing we'll learn on um, on Thursday, is <clears throat> that's the next big step and the next big test for Ten Hag. We've seen he's managed to get a response from the players after Brentford. We've seen that we can do it against Liverpool. We can do it at scrappy away wins. There's certain characteristics that are being introduced to this team. We're like, okay, good. They can do that as well. Now we've got to see what his second eleven could do because he's going to have to make a lot of changes. The Europa League's got to be where we rotate, right? Yeah, I mean, if you look at goalkeeper aside, you could pretty much name the team that you probably start. Uh, okay, Dubravka or Heaton, whoever them starts. Then it's Wamba Saka, Shaw, Lindelof, Maguire. Last season's back four. Yeah. <clears throat> then you Casemiro probably... and Fred probably in the field, surely. Yeah, give Casemiro some game time. Casemiro, Fred, Van, Van der Beek. Do you think it's literally going to be like a full 10, 11 in and out? I think I think he has to. He, just because I think muscle injuries are going to be rife for a lot of teams. And especially, it's not as if we're at group game four or five where we need to win. If, if The fact of the matter is we can't beat Sheriff and um, the, um, what's it called? The, um, the Cypriot team. Home and away. I'm um, a lawyer. I'm a lawyer. Then, um, annoyer, then there's, <laughs> then there's questions to be asked. Um, and then you obviously fancy yourself to be associated at home. And then, providing you don't lose away, then you that's you've safely navigated the group. But those group of players that I've just mentioned there, Ronaldo. I mean, he's got to start. He's that. Yeah, he's that. Yeah, I, I think I'll, just for fitness. I'll, I'll be honest, man. I think I think Ronaldo's best performance of the season came against in that cameo against Arsenal. Mm? I think he actually made a difference to that team. I think he would have scored Impressed. if Fred had got that that pass right. I think Ronaldo would have scored. I think his pressing was good. I think his attitude was good. But I think like that's Ronaldo now. Ronaldo is a substitute for Manchester United, and that's that's mm. that's his best place. And he's just going to have to accept that. I don't know if he will. Looks like he has. He's not a, be- well, not a better substitute in the whole of the league, though. No, that won't be a better substitute in the entire world. It's fucking Cristiano Ronaldo, man. But he has to accept that he's at that point in his career now, where he's in the twilight. Uh, and he can't play not not in a not in a team like Ten Hag's building where the intensity is basically the biggest characteristic of it, right? I mean, well, mm. Ten Hag's comments may pretty much sound like if he wants to start, he's got to get fit. And how far got... how far off do you reckon fitness wise? Obviously, he's missed like a full, and it wasn't it wasn't your average preseason, was it? It was hard as hell. Mm. So he's missed like five ish weeks of like just double training sessions. 
Southampton, he looked slow, but yesterday he looked like he wasn't at a place. He was competing yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. And he's the way he left the game before it had ended as a spectator. Oh, There's yeah. still acceleration there. What a very bad cannon. Mm, he's got some pace when he wanted to leave. He got that was a terrible joke. Um, it wasn't even a joke. It was I know it wasn't a, a joke. Fact. Fact. But look, rewinding back to the game itself, uh, I'm surprised really it's taken 12 minutes to talk about. But I'll be honest, that's that's how many talking points are off in that game. But what a goal that was for Anthony. I mean, the goal itself wasn't it wasn't incredible. I like I like goals like that where attackers open their body up, they cut, they set, send it into the side net, and it's a, it's an accomplished finish. But given everything that's been said and done in the build-up to this debut. You saw it in the first, like, 25 minutes of the game. He had a couple... He had a shot that he fired about 400 yards over the bar. Um, He looked nervous in his touches. And then you saw a little bit of a moment when he had a little Cruyff pass back to Deleuze. I think he swung in across and Ericsson missed a volley wide. But then that goal, that must have been... Especially because of what Haaland has done, right? Haaland's come in with such expectations, such a big price tag, and he's just taken it he's just taken his, I think he's got 10 goals in six games. The absolute freak. <laughs> but uh, what, do, what do you think about that goal from Anthony, Neil? Uh, what do you think that's going to do for him? And uh, what are your expectations of him? Because I'm excited as, I'm excited as hell. I really, really am. Well, yeah, I mean, it's hard not to. I mean, anyone that scores in their debut is always exciting, but Dan James. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony Martial, I suppose. Anthony Martial, Dan James. Um, no, I mean, how did you not get 23 million, yeah. million for Dan James? Of, I don't know, of all the things that we've got wrong in the transfer window, that is that is a no, shining light. Yeah, no, I mean, he was. He looked superb. I mean, for first, yeah, for, for a debut. I mean, the fact he started him straight away, the very, he says still hasn't done that for Casemiro. I was about to say, what do you think that says about Casemiro? Actually, no, let's, let's, let's answer this first and then fucking go on to Casemiro. I'll keep, I'll keep talking. Yeah, first. well, I think it's linked. I mean, it shows because he knows he can walk straight into that system, basically. So I think he, he was much more likely to get, to get a, a starting position before Casemiro. And plus, but Tom Labour is playing really, really well in that position. Surprisingly well. Mate, that, that's that, a little bit of discipline. Understatement but, of the century there. But, like, and, but what, what, what's your, what, was, uh, what was Old Trafford like for it? Oh, I mean, yes, it was bouncing. Um, Stratford under was bouncing. Hold the, the atmosphere is kind of, um, it's good, it good all game, to be honest. Um, obviously, a bit of the, the worry set in the first 15 minutes of second half. But, um, as soon as we got the the second um, and the third, I think people were looking looking for a fourth. But um, I think it was like I said, it was good good management from us and the control of the game. But yeah, no, over, overall it was, it was good atmosphere. Every kind of goal or start of every half or thing it was glazes out chance. So um, let's see if United try and drown those out or record over them. Uh, well, obviously the protests happened before the game. It was different to the Liverpool protests because the Liverpool protest was a march from the Tollgate. So that was an organised march. Uh, so it was visually had a lot more impact. This one was just uh, United fans gathering on the forecourt outside the Trinity statue, getting the mega store closed, which, you know, they're good. That's hurting United. Forcing them to hire a lot of police and a lot more stewards. Good. That hurts the pocket. Um, yeah, what, what, was it, what was it like in terms of the Glazers out protest, pal? Yeah, I had my, my, my lad with me yesterday. So... Uh, four years. Decent old. first game. Yeah, his, his first game. So it's quite smoky and stuff, as we found uh, 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 the, uh, at, at the Liverpool game. But, um, but yeah, from the, like, the footage I've seen, um, it, yeah, it's good numbers again. And, and uh, as you pointed out, it's, it's coverage and negative press that the owners don't want, the club don't want, the, the, for their image, for someone like TeamViewer being associated with, with that every single home game. Or even Adidas, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, further links with with Dubai today in terms of a takeover from there. Yeah, but, you see that was it Mike Keegan saying from Daily Mail saying that United's price would be three point seven five billion, which less than what Chelsea was sold for. But I think the Chelsea sale included about two billion, uh, like money that's guaranteed to be spent on players and stadium and shit. So mm-hmm. I think the actual club was sold for about two billion. But three point seven five for me feels a bit. Under underprice of what the Glazers will be willing to sell for, I think so anyway. But who mm. knows? But uh, like back to the football itself, man. As I said, <laughs> there's so many different talking points, and I've got to have a little bit of a segment here for Scott McTominay because he's McTominay, McTominay, oh, man, McTominay. Scott McTominay and Diogo Delo. I would probably put down as the two biggest, um, not surprises, maybe not surprises of the season. Biggest improvements. Just, excuse improvements, me, yeah. improvement is just 
they're, they're different planets. They're, they're, they're different players. Uh, Scott McTominay is just, as I said, I don't know what he's eating. I don't know whether it's because Casemiro's come in and he's like, he's shitting the bed because he's, he knows he's either got to play good or you're dropped. And I think Ten Hag's, you know, he's he's done a lot of good in his management so far. A lot of things that have made a, a difference. The, the thing that I really loved that he did was joining in the, with the players for that running session after Brentford. I think that showed that sort of collective responsibility. He's not going to like shirt, like irk it and say, "Look, well, you, you played shit. I did my job as a coach. You were crap." He goes, "No, right, we lost. I'll join in together." And I think you're seeing that in the sort of response. But how good has McTominay? Been? Am I over exaggerating here? Is he just been playing bang average? Because it feels like a different player altogether. No, not at all. I mean, last game in particular. I mean, he's, he's a he's a real he's a unit. Isn't he? He's really, really physically. He's a big lad. Yeah. And I think he's just learning. I think he's just getting coached a bit better, and he's mm. he's being more disciplined. He's staying in position. He's not trying to roam forward because he's he has his moments. But that's there are players much more capable of creating someone something than him. He's just staying staying put a little bit. More. I mean, but that's I mean that, that's the idea of a balanced midfield, right, Bow? Is that the idea is that you have somebody when you a lot of modern football you have a you have a midfield enforcer that whose responsibility is to break up play and mm. just feed it to someone else like mm. Ericsson, like Bruno. If McTominay doesn't necessarily have to be that person who does the line breaking passes, right? Just win the ball back. Yeah, no, that's summed up perfectly. That position is probably arguably for a team who wants to play a lot of um quick passing football the way City played, Barcelona played in the past. You need that one person there. I mean, like Fernandinho, um, Busquets, that snide little role. He, he did it yesterday. He, he pulled Jesus back on the halfway line, which he pretty much swung him 360 um, and pulled him back. Yeah, he parted him. Um, it's guaranteed yellow card. He's on four now. But it is not. You need that snidiness. You're too nice. You, you can't be too nice as a team. We, for the last three, four years, we've been way too nice as a team to play against. I mean, Jamie, Jamie Vardy called, I don't know if it was a fake quote or not, but Martin is um, a bully. <laughs> I read a oh, quote. Bless. Oh, that Jamie, that, Jamie, that Jamie Vardy chant absolutely cracked me up. <laughs> Your wife is a cross. And then Rooney came, then the Rooney chant started after. I was like, yes, 10 out of 10 for the United fans there. But look, Martinez, there's another, there's another ridiculous talking point. It's, there's just so many different aspects of positivity right now. And it... it no United fans getting carried away. Ten Hag's certainly not getting carried away. He's like, look, man, we, we could have been a lot better. We, we, if you, In terms of controlling that game yesterday, mm. I don't think we controlled the majority of it, really. Arsenal played the better overall football, but it was non-threatening football, wasn't it? It was mm. football mm. played in front of us going, yeah, all right, carry on. Yeah, it's easy on the eye, but it, that was about it. Which I think United, well, not United haven't. I would probably say that game yesterday is the highest quality game of overall football I've seen United involved in in the last few years that United have won like well, from both. We think the two, I think two elements, right? We they had a lot of possession, and we apart from that one goal for our out position, it wasn't a particularly hard goal for Saka to score. We we kept them easily at bay, and then we took took our chances. <laughs> and there were spells where we they were just playing, and we were just not doing a huge amount other than sort of trying to get the ball back, but we still kept them shut out. And that's I think the mark of a that's the mark of a good team. Basically playing okay and winning, taking your chances when you get them and being really, really mean at the back. Do you, I mean, if you're looking at the chance we had towards the end there, there was that pass that Fred uh, missed for when Fred Ronaldo was straight through. through. Uh, yeah. There was a, also an opportunity where Ronaldo sort of did a sprint across the, towards the front post. I think the pass didn't go to him. That was quite an easy one. He was pissed off towards the end, kind of understandably. Oh, he was raging he at was the end. Stupid. He sort of just screamed in the guard. He just literally was yelling at the netting. <laughs> really... Also the one when he closed down and Ramsdale hit the ball to Fred. But that's closing yeah. from the front. That's what the benefit of that is. Yeah. Mm. I wouldn't say that we pressed incredibly well yesterday against no. Arsenal. I think sometimes if you watch United, we do a high press. Sometimes we do a mid press. We sort of wait till it gets to the halfway line before we start the press. The thing I think we've always done under Eric Ten Hag so far is those pressing triggers. You know, whenever there's like a, a misplaced touch or like a, a, a slow pass, that's when the players really, really press. Mm -hmm. But, man, it's, what's, uh, what, what's your take on Ten Hag like, so far? Because obviously we've got six games in now. First couple of games, I think, well, the first couple of games was abysmal. And something that I've definitely seen change between those two and the four games after is got an element of pragmatism. We aren't really playing it out from the back that much. You see De Gea's looking long quite a lot of the time, and we're just accepting that we might not win the ball, but then we'll just press in the middle to win it back rather than 
just properly playing out from the back. That's not how Ten Hag wants to play. But I think he's accepted that, that at this moment in time, they still need more time on the training ground to work it and, and get the confidence. That's that's what it looks like. But as a coach, man, he's having a massive influence, isn't he? Well, it's good that he can adapt. No, he hasn't got exactly what he needs, but he's managed to adapt. Yeah, he's not, he's not been so stubborn to the fact that he goes, no, you will do it, and then just keep losing and losing and losing. Yeah, in a way that like Oli couldn't quite make Ronaldo work. Yeah. You know, I can't quite adapt my natural instincts. I can only play one way. He's shown that he can, and he could, it'll be a gradient thing, and then he will get... He will get a new keeper. Yeah. He will get a new striker. And I don't know if we need that sort of. I mean, obviously, yeah, I mean, we don't need De Jong. You know, we'll probably still go for. Do you think he'll still go for him? Uh, I think he'll absolutely go for De Jong, like without without you shadow of doubt. Yeah, because... I suppose the age is on his side. And... Well, if you yeah. imagine Ericsson was on a free, Ericsson can't play every game. Yeah, Ericsson was on a free. I think he'll definitely go. Next summer is going to be about a striker. It's going to be about uh, De Jong, and it's going to be about a right back. Probably the three. And then depending on whether or not De Gea, what De Gea does across the season. Whether we get that goalkeeper or not, I think we need one. I think we all agree we need one. I think they, I mean, yeah. But just alluding to the point you there, you made this up. You, you're seeing, especially in the Leicester game, I think there's a, a clip going around where it's literally one, two, three, four, five, six, um, one touch passing out the back, and that they yeah. played the football out. You wouldn't have seen that. Yeah, you wouldn't have seen that last season. No. Yeah, yesterday's first goal, I think there was 17, 18 passes. We've gone forward. It's come all the way back to the back line. And then Ericsson's played that ball through. Every every player was involved in that. Every single player. Mm. It was a proper proper team goal. Yeah, it's so good to point out. It, it's a work in progress. There is going to be blips. There is going to be bad results. Um, but if you look at the league table now, no one's running away with it. It's a, it's a really it's a really odd start to the league from everyone. Like Liverpool just Liverpool lost something that, that doesn't really look like they're getting it right. back. Do you reckon Martin, like, Salah? Yeah, because well, if you think about how lopsided they are now, so in the same way that I think with Ericsson, it's it's harder to shut down the creativity now because it was just just shut down Bruno and you've done half the job, yeah, basically. But now there's two of them that can do a sort of kind of a similar thing, or Ericsson sort of does it from deeper, and it's the same thing now. Just you've just got to sit on Salah because the threat from Mane's gone. Obviously, he's not there, so it's much much easier to predict where it's where the where the attacks are coming from. Yeah, so but I it's, think it's, it's a real you shame. You don't lose a player like Mane and get better, do you? It's, it's, a, real, it's a real shame. No one likes to see it. Um, oh, it's nothing. I mean, even seemingly the indomitable City are dropping points against Aston Villa. You know, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have predicted that in any way, shape or form. Like, nope. there's No one's going to be running away with it. I think Spurs probably look the most consistent out of everybody. But even Spurs mm-hmm. aren't complete. Yeah, I, yeah, I think you're right, Bow. It won't be a season where we see like 90, 92 points. It's probably going to be a low total. And I think it'll be... It looks like it's not going to be a runaway. It's early doors. I mean, you can't say that yet. But it just felt good to take Arsenal down a peg. <laughs> it really, it really did. They've got a bit, we've got a bit of a hoodoo on them, though. I mean, even, even, do you remember what was it? Uh, even when, I think the, when Rashford scored two on his debut. Oh, yeah, look at that. Rashford scoring two against Arsenal. Do you think about that? But um, I think that was when they were top of the league, when they came to United. I think they were. And that was, that was a season where they thought, yeah, we can do it. And then nobody was backing us to win. You know, we just got a good record against Arsenal at home, anyway. Um, but look, we've just we played two big games this season: Liverpool and Arsenal. We've scored five goals, two wins. I mean, happy days. Ten Hag is clearly. I, I can't put my finger on one particular aspect for me that's standing out, and I think that's a good thing. It's just there's so many different facets because well, that's that's better. That's improved. Everything's just a little bit better everywhere. Mm. And that's yeah, and that's that that that's what's making this collective an actual collective. Like, every, the players seem to give a fuck mm. whether they win or get that, whether they win. You have probably put your finger on it there. Yeah, that probably is it. That the will to, to sort of fight, run, and battle for it. We've just not had that. Do you reckon Martinez is, is the man sort of like making that happen at the back? I reckon. No, I think Ten Hag's the one making it happen generally. But yeah, he's pulling his sort of his more sort of trusted. Right hand men and warriors, isn't he? And absolutely, if you're going to point to one single player that embodies that the most, it's going to be mm. Martin. That, that was that was typical kind of Jose. Jose, wherever he kind of went, he'd get his Jose type players who he knows are going to run, mm. run through brick walls for him. Every manager needs that, right? Mm. You, you're going to need the people that you you can trust to be your lieutenants on the pitch to basically say the same thing that you would say if you were playing there. Mm. And I think he can trust Martinez. He can now trust Anthony to do that up front. He can well. He can't trust Casemiro to do that in midfield. He's going to have to teach that to him. But uh, odds are, Casemiro will be doing that absolutely fine, and it won't be a problem. But you're right. He has got to learn that. But man, it's just it's it's good for it's good that we're not joking anymore. 
It's not, it was, though, however, an interesting cameo from Maguire when he was booked in under three seconds, I think. That wasn't um, his fault. That was Casemiro's fault. Yeah, he did leave him a little bit he short, but it was, it was a... Casemiro's lost the ball a few times. I know it's early doors, but he has been a bit profligate. He definitely seemed... I don't think he's short, I don't think he's short of fitness. I think it's it's just the intensity of the Premier League. And that was a very, very fast game yesterday, Arsenal. The full, there wasn't much time to dwell on the ball, basically at any point in time. It's just good that we came out the other side of it. I've got absolutely no doubt by the end of the season that Casemiro would have started more Premier League games than McTominay. That's what I think, anyway, by the end of the season. Now, the fact you're even in that conversation when we suggest it might not be the case is pretty mad. <laughs> Look, fair play to McTominay, man. Like Everybody yeah, writes him off, and some people like thrive in that situation. Some people don't, but it seems like he's... Of course, it could be a flash in the pan. Uh, it's a few games, and no one's going to be getting overhyped. I, I've always said that Fred, on his own, was a good squad player for Manchester United. I thought McTominay had sort of hit a ceiling, but he's unle- he's unlocked something in the last few games, and he's not done it well. He's Casemiro, the new Alex Tellers. Well, that's a very, in. very expensive Alex Tellers. A very expensive Alex Tellers. Very expensive cheerleader. Yeah. Do you remember Hero? You ever watch Heroes? I used to love that show. Yeah. It got, got crap at the end. Just a you know, fun fact. Uh, anyway, <laughs> that was random. What was her name? Hayden Panettiere. Just purely because Casemiro rise of heroes. Is that what's that? No, it's because uh, the first series was all about the cheerleader, Hay- Hayden Panettiere. Oh, right. Okay. That was yeah. that was that was the segue. I didn't just randomly do that because that would have been a weird, a weird one. But look, oh man, it's it's just, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm a, no, I'm not speechless. That's that's a that's a weird way to describe it. But it's just it it's not. I think I I explained this to someone yesterday. I said, look, if you got me to go on TV for 10 minutes last season or the season before to speak about Solskjaer's philosophy or his start of play and, and explain patterns and, and all these things, I kind of would have struggled. I would have struggled to give any sort of clarity on where we're heading on what we're trying to do. But it's really, really easy to explain for Ten Hag because you saw it. You knew what was going to happen in preseason. It happened. You knew what was you thought was going to happen at the start of the season. It didn't happen. We switched it, but you can you can see the patterns. You can see the style. You can see what we what we're heading towards, and that clarity, I think, is coming across to the players. Like they've obviously, it feels like they're all in. Like that, but Rashford said it in the game after the game because togetherness is is the main thing that we've we've seen to have gained. Rashford's benefited. McTominay's benefiting. The players that were abysmal last season, they're playing better, and almost more importantly. Ten Hag's transfers, they look like hits, right? Mm. Early, obviously, early doors are not going to go over the board, but we, we're used to seeing misses with transfers, right? We're used to having to wait five, six, seven games to go, oh, it's just a settling in period. It will take him time. But some of them, like Martinez, taken straight to it. Ericsson, oh, it's a joke. It, honestly, it's a joke. They, they, people keep saying, oh, look how much United spent in this transfer window. We got Ericsson and Malasia for 15 million combined. That's mm. fucking ridiculously good business. It's just, it, it's good to see United operating properly and playing as a, a decent football team again, Val, surely. Yeah, I mean, proof's going to be in the pudding long term. It's you can't, It's very easy to kind of get giddy and get ahead of yourselves. Um, but the real tests are coming before the World Cup, uh, as you just alluded to, the, the busy September-October periods. Um, and this, I mean, I was just looking at the, the fixtures now. We've got a difficult set of fixtures coming up now. League, if you put Europe to a side, I think we play, um, what's it called? We've got Palace and Leeds, and then we go into City, Everton, Newcastle, uh, West Ham, who Spurs, are, Spurs Chelsea. Chelsea, and they're all back-to-back. I mean, you like sort of Newcastle and West Ham at home, they're now difficult games. Hmm. I mean, as, as Liverpool found out against um, uh, Newcastle and Chelsea found out against West Ham, okay, it'll be that's a derby. Um, yeah, these games aren't just gimmies. Now you have to turn up and win, and perform. What what said so like if if you're if you're looking at questions that are being asked the United and Ten Hag, right? You've got from that game against Brentford, it was like, okay, what's going to happen here? And the response was Liverpool. And then after Liverpool game, it was going, well, okay, can you can you go and follow that up by by beating Southampton? Yeah, you can. And we got a clean sheet. He goes, right, okay, but what about Leicester? You know, okay, you've done that too. And then he goes, Arsenal flying high top of the league, and you beat that. And you go, okay, so what's the next? What's the next couple of questions that is going to be asked of Ten Hag of this United team? Is it is is the one I mentioned earlier, Sossi? That we're going to have to see wholesale changes. We're going to have to see whether the squad is as good as the team, and that's going to be a sort of a next big step. 
But past that point, you know, at what point do you feel that narrative sort of changes for Ten Hag and United? And you go, you know what? Yeah, things are happening here. Rather than going, oh, there's more questions to ask. At what point in the season does that change? I think it's two, two words, C's, consistency and control. Winning games consistently, like City and Liverpool did, where you go into them, you know, okay, United are going to win today. And two, winning those games with control, controlling the ball, controlling the, the tempo of the play and dictating the game rather than just relying on counter-attacks. I think that, for me personally, that's a big thing that I want to see change in the dynamics of watching United play. I'm not expecting us to go to the Etihad and control the game, but there's likes of where, remember, in Van Persie's year, we went to Stamford Bridge and we were 3-0 up in half an hour. They didn't expect nothing. They didn't expect that. Yes, okay, we allowed them back into the game, but that 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 has to be the next step now. Neil, what do you think? Hard to improve on what Bow said, really, because, I mean, you'd normally say, well, we've got to play someone proper, but we have. We played two very, very good teams um, in the last three weeks. So you can't really say, okay, well, we haven't really come up against anyone. I think, to be honest, Southampton, I thought we looked pretty laboured. I thought we looked pretty crap. Mm. But then again, you're coming off the back of that Liverpool win and you probably expect more. And then it's a bit of a, that felt like a bit of a, that was a, well, I was, that was, I was quite nervous. And that was, that was a bit of a reality check. Were, be honest. Were, like, were you as nervous? Uh, what was your feeling at 2-1 yesterday? Were you like, are we nervous that Arsenal are going to get back into it? Or did you have that little bit more confidence that United would see it out rather compared no. to the Southampton and Leicester games? Yeah, no, not totally. I thought when they came back into it, they were playing really, really well. Mm. Um, I thought, yeah, you don't, well, you don't, you don't know. It's you, like, like Bow said, that level of control, that sort of, okay, I know, don't worry about it sort of thing. We'll be fine. That's not there yet. I suppose that's the, that's kind of the point that Bow was making mm. about the consistency and going in. You think, yeah, at 2 1 down, we're still you know, against top of the league. Although, I don't think they're going to be a finish top of the league. I think they'll finish top four. But you still think, yeah, we're still vulnerable. But then we, it turns out we weren't. Mm. And we don't look that vulnerable at the back. And that's the thing. It's just That's more of a hangover from how it, I've got used to feeling. Well, I think we look better at the back than we've looked possibly since Fergie left. Mm. Yeah. I really can't. Because you know, really... if you look at the, how the top four has been decided the last three, four years, it's been who's been the most consistent of that bad bunch under Liverpool and City. And I yep. don't think it's a foregone conclusion that Liverpool are going to just run away with it with City and they're going to be miles clear. I think there's going to be a bit of a rat race. And there's, if you can, the more points you can get on the table earlier. That's how Chelsea got top four last season, was their pre-Christmas form. Post-Christmas, they were diabolical. Yeah, it's a good point, that. Um, so you just build that momentum this side of the World Cup because no idea how players are going to come back from that fatigued, etc., what the impact is going to be on the other side I mean, you, of Christmas going into you, the European. You, you would imagine that United, Liverpool and City are hit particularly hard post-World Cup because of the style of football that we're playing. It's it's quite it's an intense, physically intense mm. style of football when it works properly. Mm. You think so? Yeah. I mean, hence why picking up all these points is key because if the likes of City and Liverpool are going to drop points, then suddenly this isn't a... 99 point league winning winning league margin i'm not saying by by any stretch of the imagination we're going to win the league but the likes of tottenham uh, chelsea who are probably arguably more equipped and further down as you mentioned earlier on they said well you know what if you keep in there like leicester did you come to march april and you build that momentum you build that confidence suddenly you're in with a chance or something you made the point sounds well i think spurs they're one to watch richarlison I think they, they could arguably have the best front three in European football. And that, I mean, that's just how Conte plays football. He's just happy to pragmatism and we're nicking mm. one nil. Yeah, but yeah, but with a front three like that, you can just explode out, and it doesn't yeah. really matter that you're so you, deep in your half, right? Adding Richarlison into Kane and Son is and Kulusevski, very good player. Yeah, he like, could have left. That, that, that's outrageous. Like Juve should get more stick for that. They only, that's where he was like only like twenty thirty mil. I can't remember how much he was, but he's twenty. I think he's twenty two, twenty three years old. Is he? Yeah. What? Yeah, I'm sure someone was saying the other day. Footballers always look older than they are, though. I've always <laughs> maintained that. <laughs> I, I maintain that. Every single one of them. No, nope, you're not 18. 22 years look old. Look Mitrovic. How old is he? Who? Mitrovic. At least 39. No way. Because hey. I bet no. he's nowhere near 39. 27. I know <laughs> oh, I wasn't far off, actually. He's, he's, so all, he's 28, everybody... next, 28 next week. Oh. He's 28. Next week, Mitrovic. We should do a little segment. Who's older than Alex Lang? 
Higher or lower? Higher or lower? The utter sad. If, if you didn't, if you don't remember that last week in the podcast, uh, in real time, uh, Alex Lang found out that uh, he's older than Jamie Vardy, and it really, really hurt him. It cut his voice to the core. It was really quite funny, actually. I mean, Obafemi Martins, you're just marginally older than Alex. Obafemi Martins, the first player you always signed in PES 6. He's always 18 years old. <laughs> <laughs> but look, man, it's, um, yeah, from, from from where we've gone from Brentford, right, to where we've, we're at now, four games in, you're right. No one's getting carried away with it. But it's just, it feels... Like every single week now, every well, last four games, we've just built another little brick on the same sort of structure. It's okay. There's more repeated patterns. We were doing that last week. We did it a little bit better this week. The, the, as I said, for me, the biggest thing about that actual performance was those vertical passes. Those line breaking passes were just, yeah. they're the ones, they're the ones that transform it. When you've got a pace, uh, when you've got an attack that's got the pace of Rashford, Sancho and Anthony now, those balls, if you get better at doing them consistently, Fucking hell, you're going to create chance after chance after chance. And we've just been, we've not been good enough at that last couple of years. Mm. And it, Ronaldo will feed on that as well. Absolutely. You're right. Like, it was his most athletic, his best. I personally feel like he's like the penny's dropped with him now. Mm. I mean, the penny dropped when the transfer window closed. He can either literally just sack off a year of his career and sulk or go, you know what? I may as well just give it my all. And I imagine as he is a solid professional and has been his whole career, it's going to be the latter, and that will be a good thing for United, right? Yeah, well, and here's another thing I'd never thought I'd say at the beginning of the season is I'm really looking forward to getting Martial back. Yeah, mm-hmm. wow. Poor lad, man. He's a... How bad is his injury? I don't know. It's just been like two different things. I think it was a hamstring injury the, the second time. I don't know. It's, I think it's just constant niggles with, with, with Martial. It's not one like major, oh, fuck, he's done his ACL or something. It's just like some muscular... Like I don't know what it is, but... We seem to have quote uh, Anthony arriving is definitely better, but as Rashford showed in that second half, he's better off the left, right? So yeah. Ronaldo is either going to have to play start up front, or Martial is going to come back. It'd be good when he does. But look, um, what what do you think uh, the result will be against Sossi down on Thursday? Have a little, have a little prediction because we don't, don't normally do these. May as well throw him in. Who still plays for them, by the way? Does Yanaze play for them? Or has he left? No, he's just gone somewhere else, hasn't he? I think David mm. Silva plays for them. So look, David Silva, Isaac doesn't. Wikipedia got Google got terrible. Got to update that. They've got absolutely nobody that I know. Well, I was looking at the league position there. What they're seven points out of four. Uh, well, they just drew with Atletico Madrid at home on the weekend. Oh, nice result. Mm, we thrashed them away last year, didn't we? Five nil, but that was under the uh, empty, empty stadiums, wasn't it? I forgot we played him last year. Yeah, 4 0. 4 0. You've got to be confident. Um, it's, it's, it's yeah, we'll win. Yeah. We'll win. But like you said, is it going to be, is it basically going to be last year's team, basically? Is it going to be Maguire? You imagine back? so. You imagine yeah. so. I think, and I think Ten Hag is going to have to do that because, in terms of management and keeping players happy, mm. I don't think he'll be able to do that unless he does. Play yeah, I mean, he has to. I mean, because otherwise you're just asking for trouble going Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday, playing. Uh, I. I'd be very, very surprised. <laughs> Else, go on tape if Christian Eriksen starts. That <laughs> if <game>. Christian Eriksen <laughs> plays ninety minutes again, <laughs> mate, whatever pacemaker he's got, everybody, everybody needs to go to that that manufacturer because it, it, it seems to be a little bit better. Mm. Yeah, he's got he's, he's set that to overclock, hasn't he? He's, <laughs> he's taking it down to the shot. Like Tony Stark. Up. He's he's added a bit of nos to that. Mm. That's terrible. But look, what. Mm. I don't know what else to say. It's just this is what happens when we're we're happy. We run out of words. Like, <laughs> turns out, I think we're much better articulating ourselves through rage and sadness these days. Yeah, because we are just boring middle-aged men now. <laughs> we don't deal well with joy. You're not a boring middle-aged man. Look at you in your basketball top, your Chicago Bulls basketball. Top. That's not boring or middle-aged. That's very youthful. Oh, thank you, mate. You look I lovely. I, 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 to anybody asking, no, I didn't buy it after the Netflix series. I had it before. So fuck you. Mm-hmm. You pre predate Netflix. Oh, look at that. Pre-date. Anybody watched a bit of Game of Thrones yet? I st- yeah, it's all right. It. It's just all right. right. It's just like it's like Game of Thrones with different people in it. I mean, it's yeah, not, it's not that's, doing the same thing, thing, isn't it? it? No, well, the... I don't know. It's like, oh look, there's Doctor Who. He's called Demon, so he's a baddie. And let's just show how 
evil everything is. Let's just let's remind everyone how violent everything is. Do you remember this Game of Thrones? Just everybody, just as a quick reminder, we're gonna like castrate people. There's gonna be like kind of horrible scene with like a, a cesarean. It's gonna be like oh, I mean, it just felt a little bit for the sake of it. Do you know what I mean? Like, it didn't have a friend of mine watched this. The went back and watched the first ever Game of Thrones and said they're like it's incomparable. Like they've just thrown loads of budget at this one. Was there was like a bit of intrigue and a bit of mystery in Sean Bean and that. I don't think it really stacked up. <laughs> it was Sean Bean. That was the added mystery. I, I'll be honest, I quite enjoyed it. And I, I, I really quite enjoyed the first You're a episode. You're for a dragon, though, aren't you? I'm, a, I'm, I'm an absolute sucker for a dragon. <laughs> I'm I'm very pro-dragon, and there's going to be plenty of them in this series. Uh, but yeah, won't, no more spoilers. But Lord of the Rings, though. You watched a bit of Lord of the Rings? Fell asleep. <laughs> Good, then. Well, I don't know. It was I, I, It's more indicative of the fact that I can't stay awake much past half past ten these days. Yeah, that, that is your bedtime. So you didn't you didn't watch Match of the Day yesterday? You missed a good one. Oh, I tend to get mate. I tend to watch that on my iPad in the morning when I'm making breakfast for the kids. The <laughs> Isn't that like full circle where you had to watch Match of the Day in the morning when you were a kid? Yeah. And now now that you are a fully grown man and adult, you're doing it again because exactly. you can't stay up. <laughs> can't stay awake. Mm. <laughs> Especially we're 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 so often buried right towards the end now. So I just stay up, watch Liverpool, sit, you have an amazing game, go to bed sad and just wait. Yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been a long time since United have been, actually that's a lie, it happened a couple of weeks ago. But prior to this season, a long time <laughs> since United have been first on match of the day for a good reason. Match of the day too, we do, okay? Oh, yeah. I, I remember okay. I was cleaning my uh, Sky uh, um, storage and it was all match of the day since Christmas that I hadn't even pressed play on. I was like, fuck, delete every fucking week. <laughs> There's nothing to, nothing to keep there and watch. I've watched very, very few Match of the Days in about three years now. Very, very few. But I might start watching again now. You never know. So we've got um, Palace on Sunday. What, what, what's your a couple of words on that? Do you think the game against Sociedad affects that at all? I probably don't think it no. does. It's going to be like a different team, right? Um, no, but again, it's another kind of um, test in terms of how where we are. It's a difficult place to go. Mate, Palace, I've, 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 I've quite liked Vieira. I can't quite like what he's doing, but they have had some quite mixed results. Mm. I think they've got like three draws. They've got a win and two losses, I think. Mm. There are thereabouts. Proper mixed bag. Yeah, so again, I expect us to have a lot of the ball. But again, it's a case of what do we do with that? But I think now, we've, like I said, we've got players in positions further up the field who who can hurt teams. Um and it's a case of just putting that into passages of play now where you make teams who are just going to sit there difficult to break down because they've got pace on the attack. Zaha, as they, 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 yeah, can, they, they, can, they can counter you. I mean, if you look at how they played at City, um, well, they're 2-0 up. Yeah. Uh, probably should have been 3-0 up. Well, they should have with that disallowed goal. Um, do, you, do you think... Is it really... I think what Ten Hag has shown, first of all, with his player selection, is that he's not afraid to drop anybody. You, Maguire, captain, doesn't matter. Ronaldo, captain, doesn't matter. Sure, doesn't matter. But but Tomine, I don't think he can take him out of that team currently. No matter, even if we've got Casemiro sitting on the bench, simply because of how good he's playing, right? Or am I wrong there? Well, Casemiro should probably start against Sociedad. You would expect to probably actually right there. He's, he's probably going to get a full ninety. You would mm. hope so. If he gets a full ninety, it's a good thing because it mm. means he's closer to playing in the prem, like fitness wise. But again, this is a really good problem that we've never had before. We're like, we haven't got a CDM. We haven't got a CDM. We've got two. <laughs> and one of them, Scott McTominay. You know, like, Scott McTominay last year, he did it for a few games. Remember, he like had that period where I think he had like. Wow, what game was it? Sod knows what it was. We played a four-three-three with him as uh, the base of the, of the three. I think it was. I think it wasn't a Champions League game because that was when it was under Solskjaer and Villarreal, and he was abysmal. And that's when Delo was abysmal. Weirdly enough, actually, yeah, I didn't think of that. That that game against Villarreal at home, when you know when Dan Juma was great against us, mm. uh, <laughs> that game, McTominay played in the number six on his own and was abysmal. And uh, Delo got done twice by like the same ball over the top, and he was abysmal. And now full circle, both of them were fantastic. Do you know what? Do you know what? Speaking of Delo. And you're saying, and you made the point earlier, Sam, about Martinez is he the catalyst for this sort of change? There's, do you watch the just general look of utter psychosis between him and Dello. I love it. There's, there's proper old school sort of Top Gun, hmm. sort of bro down, chest bumping. They're screaming in each other's face. Looks like they're. It's just, yeah, I, I'm. I they look like they're 
up for a bit of a scrap and they sort of get each other properly wound up. We won't yeah, wait for Varane to come and go, leave it, he's not worth it. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I won the, the game against City. You want to go there. I'd love to just see us put a fucking snide performance in. To be, just be snidey as fuck. Piss Guardiola off. Piss them all off. And I mean, as it, the way we're currently playing, like the, the trajectory that we're on, by the time that we play City, if we can continue on this path and there's not sort of like any Brentford-style speed bumps, we should be able to compete against City. We might not come out of we might not come out the other side of it winning, but we should be able to compete with City. And last year, they literally toyed with us like a like a cat with a, like a mouse he's found outside. They were just like, man, eh, two 0 nah, Don't no, don't be just just let them go. It's two 0 It's fine. They just did what they wanted with us last year. Have you seen, have you seen that clip? I think just surfaced of yesterday. Um, uh, Martinez is tracking back. I think Jesus is getting off the floor, and literally Martinez walks past and like shoves his arm in his face, like a real snide action. And then and then Jesus tries to kick him off the ball. I mean, I, I don't know how he went amiss, but it's, again, he's just one of them. He can say, "Well, I was running, using my way," but he's a proper just sticks his arm up like that. I've only just found out that Martinez has got a separate Instagram account for his dog. And it's quite a. It's, you lose it's quite points a for that. Dog. I'm sorry, you lose points for that. No, it's a good dog. You, you look at the Instagram account. You're like, <laughs> no, you I mean, like following the Instagram of, of a footballer's dog. I mean, there's limits. There's limits. Surely, oh, is, to your is, devotion. is that your limit of all the things in your life? That's your limit. No, I mean, I have other limits, but like, I would impose that as another limit. That that's now a new limit that you 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 put on. Yeah, it's a good looking dog. I'll be honest. Well, how do you what? How do you as an an attractive one? Um. It's just a cute dog. It's a very Instagram-friendly dog. I'll be honest. What sort of dog? Like? Like? I don't Pitbull. know. It's a great one. Got to be some a small, angry one, right? So it is. Let me let me try and find. I, I'm not going to type Martinez dog into Instagram. I'm, I'm going to follow on Instagram and I'm going to find out what this dog is. Yeah, find out the breed. I don't I don't think it's a pit bull. Anybody who's listening that, is, that knows what the breed is, let me know. But look, give give us a prediction for um, the Sociedad game and give us a prediction for the Palace game, and then we can come back to that next week. Val, you can start. Um, I think. Sausage will beat them 3-1. Um, and I think we'll draw at Palace. I think it'll just be... They always turn up. I mean, I, I'd like love for, again, I'd love for them to be proven wrong. Um, prove me wrong, but I'm going to be a bit of a pessimist. Say we'll, we'll get a draw. Okay. What are you, Neil? I'm going to say we're, we're going to... I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to say 2-1. Because 2-1's the... That's the cop-out one, isn't it? I'm going to say 2-1 Sociedad, and I'm going to say 2-0 against Palace. You're back I think this, this upswing up. is going to continue. I don't think there's any any point getting to... I just... Yeah, we're not going to assume we're going to win every game, but Palace are a good team, but they're not as good as Liverpool. They're not as good as Arsenal. Do you think it makes a difference playing it away from home? Yeah. Because <laughs> Selhurst... I mean, we have... I remember the... Probably one of my favourite away days was when Matic put in the Thunderbars mm. when we were 2-0 mm-hmm. down. I love that game. Uh, Zlatan came up with a late goal under Jose as well. I uh, can't remember what it was last year. But, oh no, Pat caught the fucking last game of the season. We lost 1-0. 0-0, no, no, wasn't it? Did we lose no, we it? lost 1-0. Zaha oh, scored. Yeah. Grim. Grim, grim, grim. Um, Can look, I just add I th- that Sandra Martinez, uh, his dog, is actually a pit bull. Is it a pit bull? Well, it says here a French bulldog. Sorry, a French bulldog. A French bulldog. That's... His name is Polo, and according to uh, the star, his girlfriend is stunning. <laughs> Martinez is not the dogs. This is what I was I talking mean, about. Uh, what, that Martinez, like, oh, man, I love Martinez. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Martinez, you can get footage now, basically, of Martinez, like, screaming three millimetres from the face of most United players. Like, whenever De Gea makes a save, he's in there slapping him upside the head. He's there, as you say, like chest pumping top gun style with the low. He's even trying to get Varane on board, but Varane's like, Varane's on too, too calm. Varane, Varane's wearing a cravat the whole time. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> just, reads, just reads a bit of French philosophy and just uh, have a little sit down. <laughs> have you sit down, my friend? Uh, calm down, eh? Uh, that's not a terrible what, what? Oh, look. That's Canadian. Was it? What yeah. part? Hey, French what are you talking about? Um, look, I think we're going to, we should. I think the bigger. What do you think, Sam? You've not you've sat on the what you haven't answered those questions. What do you think? I know, I'm going to know. I, I, thank you very much. I, I think the harder game to predict, if I'm being honest, is the Sociedad game I because I think we will make wholesale changes. And I think if that second team plays like they should, then we should be able to breeze past Sociedad. Like as you say, two one three one. 
I think we'll beat Palace. I'm going to go into that game now. It's going to might bite me in the ass. But you're saying about earlier on, that's what we need to change. Those mm. games that you go into them feeling, you know what, we're going to win this game, and we should be winning this game against Palace, given how their form's been this season, given how we're playing, and that's got to be the message coming across to the players. Like, there's no fucking reason why you should be seeing this game as a speed bump anymore. This is a game that we go there. It's mm. going to be tough. We should. We've got enough to come out the other side of it. So I'm going to go for two nil mm. against Palace as well. Yeah. I mean, my 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 prediction is also based on you know just the recent overall run of results across the whole league. It's just been weird. Like last week's midweek games with so many draws. Um, again this weekend, teams are teams you think you're going to win games are getting battered and vice versa. Um, I think everyone's just struggling to. Just put that marker down and build some build some consistency and form, which I think is key. About what we need to do about the, the next step, as I said before. So, well, there you go. Look, let's we've see. We we've got some consistent form. We've got four wins, including Liverpool and Arsenal. If we win this one five in a row, nice. I also, very much just to that. add, just to add, it is it will be really really interesting to watch the second team play. Bearing in mind they now know they're the second team and they're not going to want to be the second team. So, what sort of performance? Are they now going to go and put in? Because you imagine, yeah. has this lifted everybody, even the non non you know guaranteed starters? You'd like to think it has that the whole squad's been elevated for that place, that, that competition to play. You 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 would imagine that there will be, I would say the majority of the players will be like that. But there will be some players in that second eleven that just aren't enjoying themselves mm-hmm. and that aren't happy. And I don't know, like Luke Shaw. I think you're going to have to ask questions about Luke Shaw. I'm going to be looking at him particularly. And we're looking at Maguire in particular. Um, I don't think Maguire will step it up because I think he does. I mean, I've given we all give him a lot of criticism, but he is fundamentally quite a good, quite a good defender. He's just he should be he should be confidence. far better with he should be far better with a decent central defensive midfielder in front of him actually yeah. doing a job. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't think that was going to be with Tomine yet, but uh, I, I'm interested to see whether Wambasaka can actually play ball. I don't think he can. I really wrote him off at the start of the season, but he is our backup right back. So do something crazy. I want to see some minutes for the Garnacho. I want to see Ronaldo start, Casemiro and Fred. Hell, that second 11 is probably better than our starting 11 last year. Well, in fact, it is our starting it 11 last year. Well, I was noticed yesterday Donny van der Beek wasn't even in the squad. He's injured, oh, he injured he? apparently. Oh, was yeah, he? Yeah. But, the, mate, the, the, the people looking for Donny, I don't know what, I don't know what it's, it's weird now. It's a bit, it's a bit weird. Like, he hasn't, he's hardly played a fucking minute, even when he's not injured. Like, clearly, even Eric Ten Hag is saying, well, you're just not quite doing what I need you to do. Mm-hmm. So you're not getting minutes. Yeah, no, but like, these are the type of games where you need to kind of lay your marker down. This, you can't drop me. This is how, this is, this is what I can offer you. Um, I, mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, look, a midfield three on paper there of Casemiro, Fred and Van Der Beek. You're like, yeah, all right. Imagine that having, imagine having that as a second 11. That's, that's, that's insane. Mm-hmm. That's so much better. That's literally better than our starting 11 last year. Maybe not because Bruno's not in, but I'm looking forward to it. I think it's a good week. Thursday, Sunday, Europa League kicks off. Europa League, man, we've got to be looking at that competition with serious intentions of winning it. And the only way we win... Only way we win that tournament is if our second eleven delivers. Well, if a mate of mine made the point that he's quite chuffed in the Europa now, as a as a as a building, as a sort of the stage we're at. Players coming in, getting an absolute pasting in the Champions League is not good for. If you can come in and win, as you said, come in and win a trophy in your first season as a new player, that's got to be better than having a mm. you know, sort of going out maybe in the quarters at best in the Champions League. Yeah, it would it would have taken a miracle of. Uh, miraculous proportions for us to win the Champions League this year if we were in it. Uh, but yeah, so it's a fair point. And that's that, that. That's what happens when you're a fan. You look for silver linings in being in, being in shit competitions. And well, I'm taking we that can one. find them now. There are actually some to be found. <laughs> there are. Genuinely, there's, there's too many silver linings from that game. But look, cracking win. Arsenal need to sort of take themselves down a peg or two, I think. Um, cracking start to the season for them. But they showed their frailties. They showed, uh, Arteta showed a little bit of weakness, in my opinion, as a manager in game management. And Ten Hag at the same time, had game management. Subs changed the game. Fred changed. Fred and Ronaldo improved the game. We ended the game with three holding midfielders. And you can do that when you've got a 3-1 lead. We saw it out. We didn't concede. Just like we didn't concede against Leicester and Southampton. Nice. We're building something. Building blocks, we call it. Let's see what happens next. But make sure you uh, subscribe to the podcast, the Spotify, 
wherever you listen to it, Spotify, Apple, Google, all the good stuff. We'll be here on Monday as well, hopefully after two more wins. I mean, that will be some seriously chipper middle-aged men next week if we win those two games. But make sure you join in. And uh, yeah, Anthony, cracking debut. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hello, I'm Shelby Scott, the host of Scare You to Sleep, a podcast where I tell you scary stories full of creepy sound effects and music that is soothing yet unsettling to help immerse you into a world of horror. This is a show for those of us who have realized horror can be a strange but relaxing escape from reality. Speaking of escapes, sometimes I lead you through guided nightmares, like a guided meditation, but instead of flowery meadows, I take you on a journey through your own personal nightmare. So come get lost in the terror with me. Now a proud part of the Bloody Disgusting Network, you can find Scary to Sleep wherever you get your podcasts. Sweet screams. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.